Hello everyone, welcome to the Comexis Cast. All the news you need to know from our inbox to yours. Today we're talking about data privacy concerns following a new report of a Google and MasterCard deal from 2017. Hello everyone, I'm Matthew McGrory, the videographer and podcaster here at Comexis. And today I am joined by the lead strategist at Comexis, Philip Brooks. Good morning. Good morning. So today we're talking about a some new reports about a deal, some are calling a, a secret deal, uh, between Google and MasterCard from back in 2017 that essentially allowed uh, Google to purchase a lot of credit card transaction information uh, in an anonymous form um, that they are now have been using the, for the last year to better track online to offline purchases. So in essence, somebody saw an ad online, uh, they did not purchase anything yet, but maybe they went to the store and mm -hmm. then made a purchase. So they're basically comparing those two data sets to figure out you know, the intersect uh, between them. But there's been a lot of concerns uh, from, from many groups about some consumer data privacy, um, different things like that. So for the past year, select Google advertisers have had access to a potent new tool that allows them to track whether the ads that they ran online have led to offline conversions in the US. Uh, and this is obviously from data from MasterCard, though there were a couple other uh, small credit card companies that they also uh, worked with, but MasterCard is, is the big one. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the, the big things about that, Bloomberg argues that because the deal had not been previously reported on uh, there are some concerns that Google, uh, who is, has access to vast amounts of consumer data, um, are going to be slowly absorbing, I guess, more of it, and people are going to have less and less of an idea about what is going on well, with their I mean, data. If you think about it, the easiest thing that Google could do to this is just take a template and apply the, you know, look for mm -hmm. email addresses in common or, you know, from, because especially these, you know, you, uh, when you're buying something from a store that has some sort of loyalty program mm -hmm. involved. You know, we don't know if that information's in there, but you know, the consumer information that is public, um, you know, I don't know what, what, what exactly is in there, but phone numbers and email addresses may very well be easily applied to that, and then you can then mm -hmm. link them to a Google account. But the important thing to remember about this deal is simply that Google is looking for alternative path to purchase models to show the value of online ads to show that the they do bring people into the store. And we do know from, uh, you know, statistics, statistically speaking, excuse me, that you know, a large percentage of people that do view something online do then go into a store the next day and make that purchase. But unfortunately, we don't have that link between those two pieces of data to understand maybe n why they've decided to not purchase online and go to a physical location. Is it just a time constraint thing? Is it shipping? We don't know that. Um, or is it just simply a, you know, I looked online to find out whether or not this is available near me and I just happened to have to go to the online mm -hmm. store to verify that information. So um, it's a very, has very far-reaching implications for the consideration stage of our buyer's journey because we are looking at whether or not, you know, what, what, in, what influences a person to take a look at this stuff, take a look at this online, take a look at this product, take a look at this vendor and say, okay, yeah, this is what I want, but I'm going to now put my phone away and mm -hmm. then drive to this location and make that purchase. So that's a huge step and a leap for Google. And if they can make some sort of definitive connection between that decision and then the actual purchase purchase point point of purchase you know they've got a lot to work with when they're talking about 
you know how they're making sales for mm -hmm. their sell, you know, for their advertising services. Yeah, and I think you have a great point. There, there are a couple quotes um, from Google spokesmen and or spokeswomen, uh, and also from a master a Mastercard spokesperson. So a Google spokeswoman declined to comment on the partnership with Mastercard, uh, but they did address the ad tools. Quote: Before we launched this beta product last year, we built a new double-blind encryption technology that prevents both Google and our partners from viewing our respective users' personally identifiable identifiable information. The company said in a statement, quote, we do not have access to any personal information from our partners' credit card and debit cards, nor do we share any personal information with our partners. Uh, they also said that uh, you can opt out of ad tracking using Google's web and app, app activity online console, though some people have argued that that is a little uh, bit obtuse of a way to find that and find a way to un untrack yourself. Uh, so in essence, that means that they are anonymizing all this data. So, for example, and Greg Sterling on uh, Search Engine Land has a great article arguing that you know nobody's being deceived here, though MasterCard could have done a better uh, job. That will also be linked in the podcast description. Uh, but the argument here is that you know if I see an advertisement for say PetSmart, I just got a new cat, yay. and yay, uh, and then and I there'll be a picture of said cat right here, right here. Yes, there actually will be because I have many. In She's very cute. Anyway, so if I see a PetSmart ad and then I decide to go to PetSmart, Google is not tracking me individually. They are saying how many people saw this PetSmart ad, how many people bought things at PetSmart who also saw this ad, and then they look at the intersect because mm -hmm. they don't necessarily care about the individual person, they care about the large numbers and the mass scale that they can acquire through that information. Um, so it's not, you know, yeah, looking I mean, at how cool Philip is and seeing what he specifically well. is buying. But, um, you know, I, I, that, that's an excellent point, simply because you, you don't get actionable data from mm -hmm. looking at one-on-one -on -one points. You have to get large you know, groups of data to get the, and, and, and then look at how these, these pieces of inter data intersect. So. Matt's absolutely right. The, the the aggregate view is really the more important here. Um, you know, the information that they're gleaning from your individual data, while still understandably alarming, I can I can I can definitely see why people would have the concerns. That isn't really actionable on their part because it's not something that they can do a whole lot with because they're not marketing to a group of one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's an important thing to keep in mind too that you know, as much as we are the center of our own universe as marketers. We're targeting individuals as much as we can, but really we're trying to find the smallest possible group to get the maximum amount of value from our ads. Absolutely. And there, there's one particular quote um, from the Bloomberg article uh, by Christine Bannon, who's the counsel with advocacy group Electronic Privacy Information Epic. They are the ones who uh, filed a complaint against Google in 2017 uh, and who are obviously quoted in this Bloomberg piece. Uh, she said, quote, people don't expect what they buy physically in a store to be linked to what they are buying online. There's just far too much burden that companies place on consumers and not enough responsibility taken by companies to inform users what they're doing and what rights they have. I have two things to say about that. The first um, is that the second part of the quote about um, companies not informing consumers, I think that has uh, a very valid point to it. Mm -hmm. MasterCard did not exactly inform their users very well that this was happening. Um, even Greg Sterling, who was arguing sort of against this idea, said MasterCard definitely could have done better sure. with that. So I'm I'm going to put that aside mm -hmm. and go yes. Uh, the one thing I do think uh, is not uh, that uh, doesn't make sense to me is 
when you buy something physically in a store, it's being tracked somewhere. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not being tracked directly online, if I have, for example, uh, a Target loyalty card or something mm -hmm. like that. Maybe not Target. Target right. I don't know if they have loyalty cards. But you get what I'm saying. If you have a loyalty card from somewhere, that data is being tracked yeah. anyway. And, and remember, too, there's a logistics algorithm, for mm -hmm. the most part, for these retail locations. So you know, if a certain item sells you know, a, a, a certain amount of volume, they know that that needs to be the, the amount that they need to keep on hand needs to be increased. So, you know, they can make make that connection as well. Simply, you're, they see a lot of people a large amount of search history for an item. Then they show this item's being sold a lot in this particular area. Then that's given them enough of an insight to be able to understand that, you know, that's where this traffic is originating from, and here's where these people most likely live. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the kind of actionable insight they're looking at, um, and I think that. It's very important to again look back at the you know, it, before you kind of comes charging at Mastercard with with pick you know uh, I'm sorry um, you know pitchforks and torches that it, there's a lot of caveat emptor with a lot of these you know deals with credit cards and stuff. It's almost impossible for the average consumer to read through everything that's in there. But you know you really need to understand the actual impact on you, which is probably somewhat. Yeah. Negligible. And if you are interested in, you know, checking what Google has on you and, and opting out of that online tracking, there is a way in the, uh, uh, I believe it's the Bloomberg article has a nice little link of how you can go and, and check that. So feel free to check that if that is something you're interested in. Um, I'll, we'll be following up to see if MasterCard uh, has any other responses other than the ones they gave to Bloomberg, though I suspect. Um, they will not. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to today's episode of the Comexis Cast. Check us out next time for more of the latest trending news. Philip, thank you for joining me, adjusted to the table today. My pleasure. If you'd like to listen to more of us, you can check us out on iTunes Podcast Store, the Google Play Music Store, the Google Podcasts app, TuneIn, Stitcher, and the SoundCloud. If you'd like to watch us in full, you can check us out on YouTube. And if you want to get nice little snippets in your social media feed, please follow us on Instagram, IGTV, Facebook, Instagram, and and Twitter. Thank you very much and have a great day.